Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, guys, welcome to Revolution. Um... Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, this is going to be a kind of a, an interesting day. I've got a weird kind of physical setup here right now, but I think we should just maybe just talk. I'm going to actually move this. I think we're going to just maybe talk to each other. So we got two microphones today, and we only we you know we have a our core body here. So um, we've had some good conversations before, and maybe I just thought, I don't know, we got another microphone here if anyone wants to come have a seat in the hot chair, in the hot spot. Um, I'm, I wasn't really sure what to, what to talk about today. Um, I think something we've been talking before the, talking before the talk, the pre-glow, as Vicky said. Um, and something that's come up a lot is emotions. And we always talk about emotions because they, they, uh, infiltrate us. They kind of, they dictate how we react to things, how we interact with each other. Um, sadness is obviously always a big one. That's always there for a lot of us. I think that kind of brings us together. That kind of binds us if you will. Um, there's a lot of sad people out there. Um, another one is anger, which Vicky and I were just talking about. And maybe if, if anyone has any thoughts on that, um, which is interesting because, uh, I was, I was talking to, to Curtis about this too, like wanting to do, to talk sometime about the old Testament, which is a big thing to tackle these days. Um, but it seems to me this kind of ties in. I think it seems like the Old Testament God or the 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 concept of God that people had in the in the Old Testament is an angry sky man, <laughs> this guy who's who's really mad, who is exacting vengeance on people and things, and telling people to exact vengeance on each other and their kids and their livestock and their, and like women are like a, a commodity. It's like, you know, take all the women from the tribe and do what you will. It's, it's hard. It's, it's tough to work through, but I think, yeah, anger, anger is a good thing to talk about. We, we talk about sadness most weeks and I mean, in one way or another, indirectly or directly. And, uh, yeah, I think anger anger is an interesting topic. I really I don't have any verses. I don't really I'm not really sure what to, I just think maybe we should try to have a conversation if you guys want. Otherwise, we can just make it a short one. That's fine because interacting with each other and having community and having conversations, I think is just as important as anything else. Um but I know I I deal with anger a lot. When I was in high school, I used to just get mad about things, usually triggered by like either my family or my friends, people who were close to me. And in high school, I punched like three holes in the wall of my bedroom, like just, just 
the size of my like you know how the kool-aid man like runs through the house like it was just my fist in three places on the wall um i get angry i've got i've got anger issues for sure um and i think it's something to where usually i'm i'm pretty laid back and easygoing but then when i pop i pop like when i hit that threshold i get so mad and, and explosive and implosive too like it, it's you know i i do it to myself as well. i get mad at myself i get mad at other people and it it becomes it becomes something else I wish we could just talk, but obviously with the format and the medium with the podcast and everything, we have to use this microphone. Um, so I wonder just if you guys, I'm going to throw the ball over to you. If you have any, any thoughts about anger, emotions, the Old Testament, I'd, I'd love some ideas about what in the Old Testament to talk about once that happens. Um, but we got this little microphone over here. If anyone, if you want, or we can even, we can take it off the stand. We can pass it around. No, they're, they're, they're like directional. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, yeah. I think everyone can probably speak or at least relate relate to anger. Um, can you hold it up? We've all yeah. we've all had anger as you know, anger is part of everyone's life. It, it's a natural human emotion. Um, I find it useful, especially like you were saying when you know, you punch, it builds up and you builds up and you builds yeah. up and then you punch a hole in the wall. Uh-huh. Um, so where does the anger come from? I, I guess I can speak best to this from, from the perspective of men, although with what's been going on in our society uh, uh, and especially this, this very, uh, not to get political, but a but, uh, very, very contentious uh, debate that has been raging in, uh, back and forth uh, over the Supreme Court nominee, which is really just a symptom of everything else, but the anger coming from this uh, I can relate to in large part because a lot of my anger comes from a reaction to feeling helpless mm. um, and that I, I, I don't have control or I can't. And like you were saying, it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. So, um, And what we're seeing in our society right now is this anger that is just being vented, but it's not uh, – people are venting it with not necessarily realizing – where it's coming from. Mm. And each and every individual mm-hmm. may be a slightly different source. You said it was from your parents. It really, your anger probably mm-hmm. not to get all friends and family, not to get all shrink on you here. But no, no, yeah, it, please. It, your anger is your anger. It yeah. really wasn't coming Truth. from your parents or Absolutely. anyone else around you, mm-hmm. but it may have come from some sense of helplessness or hopelessness yeah, you're right. and feeling trapped in the mm-hmm. situation that you're in. And I don't think any teenager can't relate to that sensation of feeling trapped. There's just some natural part of uh, your growth and development as, you're, as you become your own person and start to realize that and, and then try to carve out being your own person out of whatever family system or yeah. situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see this teenaged angst as being you know, prevalent and it's there as part of our development and part of how we break through of our, of our situation. We can look at v- various tribes that, um, uh, oh, and this has been depicted in movies and short stories, plays, uh, uh, other things, but if, if we look at a very primal sort of tribal organization, we will see that young people, whether they're young men or young women, are at a certain age automatically transitioned. Um, 
into something else. The young man goes off with the men to hunt after a certain age. The young woman breaks away from the children in the tribal uh, to become part of the women, and that these roles have established and worked out. And so in some cases, some societies have this much better worked out. And I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if an Amazon, uh, Amazonian Indian boy has teenage angst or not. I would assume <laughs> there's some version of it. Probably. Um, but the society evolved in order because that is a natural part of human development. Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps maybe some small tribes are better at recognizing that than, than we have become or we've lost that along the way. But the issue of anger, I think, is one that is uh, right up front and, and uh, I mean, uh, pull out your iPhone and hit news and you'll see all the, you know, all the angry sides. And, and even to the point of someone with a moderate view who actually is seeing both sides in this din of anger on both sides uh, is drowned out. So we're mm. in our country right now, which is to a larger extent a reflection of each and everyone's individual issues. We have this schism and instead of looking at the other side and say all right this comes from helplessness well we feel very helpless right now if you are a progressive um, for many years the conservatives felt very helpless hmm. as they saw things changing as they saw supreme court rulings going against what they wanted so we could choose to take a moderate ground and see both sides uh, and to a certain extent if you can see the humanity in the other person instead of simply vilifying their actions and positions. What it is mm. is I don't like or agree with quote unquote the other side. Mm -hmm. That's different than me hating them. That's mm. different than me having to tear them down in some way to make yeah. myself feel better or to vent my own anger when really I'm venting my own anger on someone else but my own anger comes from my own sense of helplessness yeah. and mm -hmm. recognizing that that sense of helplessness and driving that anger and vehement reaction on both sides is probably coming from the same basic human thing. Yeah. And that might be a place to start for understanding, but yeah. how do you back out of that? No one seems to be talking about how to back out of that. And I think in these times of great upsetness, we turn to those sources of comfort um, that we have and scripture, religion, it's grounding at least. Mm, yeah. Um, so in some place to start, some place to go back to to find a reset point. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a particularly religious person in that sense. Spiritual is different, uh -huh. I think. But yeah. Um, yeah. So some, some people are grounded in scriptures uh, uh, in the Bible. Some people maybe ground, feel that grounding in the Quran. Sometimes it's that attachment to something bigger than yourself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so I think those are just a few of the thoughts that I had when you That's brought great. up anger where I sort of went right to, first I got angry about what you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I realized, all right, wait, 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 where's my anger coming from? Oh, wait, no, I know I'm angry. Oh, my no, goodness. I wasn't angry at no, you. I was I know. angry with you, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm mad too. Right. But um, yeah. where that comes from. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's kind of important because For sure. those primal feelings, mm -hmm. Uh, fear, anger, I guess to a certain extent you could say some degree of sexuality, food, those, those basic driving, you know, th those basic driving um, uh, um, uh, mechanisms and feelings. Uh, those primal things 
drown out all the other stuff. Yeah. When the anger's going going strong, it's hard for you to reach down and say, "Where's this coming from?" Yeah. And it is coming from us. It's coming. Right. From no, us. you're right. That's so. that's like full circle, man. That's great. And can I ask you? Do you think uh, that like me projecting my anger or like the the source of my anger onto my parents is there a parallel with that and like projecting it onto the other onto the onto the um the other side I, like you were saying like as far as a, a bipartisan system goes like yeah, is there is there a parallel there with yeah, me I think we project, me blaming my parents I mean, and then the, the liberals perfect, blaming the perfect world, word from a, a, a psychological perspective is projection yes that's exactly yeah. Mm -hmm. it. yeah you are taking your anger and you're placing it yeah. outside of yourself oh yeah i know <laughs> and you just nailed it and and we do that and yeah pick up any newspaper you'll you know any quote from a senator any quote from lay people god even don't even think about facebook but uh people are projecting anger they're projecting their anger onto someone else right uh, and again not First step is realizing where it's coming from. Yeah. Second step is accept, accepting it. Then you can change. Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> change is hard. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. Baby steps. And that's, and that's, I think, where a framework of uh, scriptures or uh, uh, um, methods that are tried and true and have withstood um, uh, the generations, ideally, are, are things, you know, in a, I mentioned tribal before. In a tribal group, a small tribal group, those processes, like taking the boys away to be with the men at a certain age, that evolved for a reason, uh, and that exists um, because of the way we are made as humans. Uh, but that's also a tried and true method of generations for accommodating and adapting uh, to an issue of people growing up together in a group, being together in a group. Right. Yeah, rite of passage, correct. So, uh, but beyond rites of passage, we also all have to live with each other. I don't know about you, but being with someone else is hard. Yeah, right. They don't always do what I want them to do. Right. You know, and sometimes they uh -huh. do things I don't like. Roommates or so significant others. Just whether it's a roommate, whether it's anything, but then as we expand that circle and get bigger and bigger, there are a lot of people doing things that I don't like yeah. and I don't agree with. Does that make them bad people? Do we need to vilify them? Um, and in some cases, we vilify them as a very simplistic way to make ourselves yep. feel better. Yep. But that external projection of vilification of mm -hmm. someone who doesn't do what you want or like um, isn't necessarily getting at the root of the problem. And you can't fix somebody else, but you can change yourself. Mm. Or you can allow yourself to be the best you, accepting who you are, yeah. those things even that you don't like about yourself, but you can allow yourself to be the best you that you are. Yeah. Uh, and I think in an atmosphere where there's a storm of pointing fingers and, and um, you know, it's hard to even watch TV anymore. It's just everyone is blaming everybody else and in very this, this polarization right it's, yeah. e it's mm -hmm. even harder the to other. reach into ourselves and say okay wait this is coming from me mm -hmm. uh, and my reaction to what's going on around yeah me. and as such if it comes from me i can change it i can't change who gets on the supreme court apparently yeah uh, but um i can change um me mm -hmm.
Well said, man. That was, yeah, that was gorgeous. Find the scripture that says that. That uh, unfortunately, yeah. that's my, my, <laughs> my falling. I'm sure it's in there. I know it's nah, in there. In, it fact, even in fact, I've heard Jay say it, you know, over and over. But uh, don't ask me to quote it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, no, that, that was great. Thank you. Have you read? Um, Hold on. He's a Catholic priest who talks about rites of passage, and um, there's a place called the Center for Action mm -hmm. and Contemplation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think because we don't have rites of passage in our culture, in our American culture, we, um, we don't know how to be adults. We never, we're never really trained how to be adults. And part of being an adult is, like you said, facing the reality about ourselves and learning to be quiet, learning yeah. not to always respond. Um, it's tough. It is tough. And learning to live with mystery and re not accepting simplistic answers, um, learning to live with paradox. Um, but I think one of the issues with American culture is that, again, because young men and young women as well, but we're not, we're not mentored um, in most cases, we tend to view a lack of response or a lack of verbal response as weakness. And you know, Christ said, turn. I'm not responding to that. <laughs> I'll give you the mic back in just a moment. Um, but yeah, but it's just that I think that we, you know, we, we think that to do what appears to be nothing, what looks like nothing from the outside, mm. is to, to be weak and not to be actively responding, whereas... Maybe active response is prayer. And I think, you have, and I think the, the aspect of that that's, that's really germane is that, that on the anger topic is that um, does an angry response mean strength? Or what, what, is, what is really strength? Uh, I mean, so in the, in the face of adversity, an angry, reactive response, uh, to me, doesn't appear to be strong. I mean, being angry is not the same as, as strength. I mean, angry and threatening and abusive and other, you know, those, that, that isn't, I mean, that might be a proxy for physical strength, but in, in terms of strength of person, strength of character, uh, I, what, what did you call it? It was a center for? Action and contemplation. So, so when you said those words, mm -hmm. center for action and contemplation, there's kind of two ways you can take the word center. What I heard initially was center as being centered in yourself, mm -hmm. but there could be a physical place mm -hmm. or an online place or something that's the center. But it was interesting that when you halfway into, as you were saying that, I'm feeling centered and I was saying that's centering of yourself. And, you know, there are synonyms for that too, but or those things are synonyms in some way, but could be taken in different like ways. That. So, but that centering of the self is also part of where your strength comes, comes from, knowing who you are, mm -hmm. knowing what you want, knowing where your boundaries are, what is acceptable to you, and not being swayed by the opinions of others necessarily. I mean, listening, 
but certainly not being swayed by um, uh, attacks or threats or, I mean, that for me, that's true strength, is the true strength comes within you and knowing who you are and what you want, being principled, uh, whether those principles come through a, a, a structure of the Bible that's been there for thousands of years or whether it just comes from what you know and feel is right. Uh, but you're absolutely right of listening. How do you know what you feel when you're being inundated with this constant assault of other people's opinions in your face and anger and hostility and, and, and vilification? Uh, it's hard to find a quiet place to listen to what it is that you really want and who you are and what do you want and what do you respect and what do you want to emulate? So um, how to be that best you that you are, but you're absolutely right. It starts by listening, pulling up a chair, and looking into the abyss and just being quiet yes. and see what, not what the abyss says to you, but in that moment where you're staring in the abyss, what do you say? You would like Richard Rohr. I've read Richard Rohr. I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember the name. That's why I asked you the name of the book because I've, I've read, uh, but I, I it's a long time ago and I don't remember the any of the titles. So, but so. also, if you know, like you said about the inundation of information. Um, you know, so what is that inundation of information but a distraction to keep you from listening to yourself? It so is. Other people's opinions and data, in some cases, someplace, sometimes just raw data. If you're lucky, it's data. Usually it's opinion. Data you can form your own opinions from. Uh, raw opinion uh, poised as truth isn't necessarily, and yes, we're inundated with, with all of that. Yes. Uh, and it's just noise. It distracts from what's, what's important at least in yourself. So it's hard to screen all that out. It's sometimes why you just want to turn the damn TV off and not, 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 you know, not listen. But on the other hand, you do want to know the opinions. I mean, th this is tough. When, when, you, when you feel like you should uh, come from a place of principle in yourself, um, you should, at least my feeling is, you should look at both sides of an argument. And we can. This gets to that critical thinking and reasoning piece. If you're not in touch with yourself, and you're just always reacting to what's presented in front of you at that moment, um, it's hard for you to get centered. It's hard for you to be a critical thinker, uh, to really look at whatever is being shoved your way and say, "Wait a minute, does that make sense? Does that not make sense? Is it?" fact-based, is it opinion, is it emotion, how do I feel about it, and how might my feelings be coloring what truth really is. So in a time when we have terms called like alternative facts, right. we, we have An to really, <laughs> yeah, I think truth is something, well, truth, truth actually is something that we could argue is culturally defined. Each, each culture or, or generation even may have its own version of the truth. I, I hate to muddy that up, but fact is fact. Uh, truth might be a, um, an analysis of facts and coming to some conclusion about what is true. And I'm thinking about truth of fact, situation, environment, it's not necessarily the truth uh, that, that the Bible might speak of or that, or, or, or that other... Um, at, at the heart of, of uh, uh, religious and 
thought. Um, so at a time when even facts are under assault, uh, it becomes even more important to have those critical thinking skills to take what's being presented to you, reflect it internally to yeah. yourself and your core and say, does this make sense? And understand what your opinions and emotions are and what truth is. And you can have different reactions to truth and fact. You can have an opinion about a truth or a fact. Uh, you can't, you're not, you're not entitled, uh, some, someone said, I forget who it was. Someone said, you are not entitled to, you, you're entitled to your own thoughts, you're not entitled to your own facts, you know? <laughs> fact is fact, but how you interpret that in light of who you are um, may cause you to have a different truth, if you will. Then reflecting that right back is, that means someone else can come to a different conclusion. And this is the basis of not even, well, part of it's misunderstanding when you don't understand that, but the basis of allowing somebody else to have a different opinion than yours without it being threatening to you or without having to react angrily or vilify that other person. Um, it's okay not to agree with somebody else. It's not okay to vilify and denigrate that individual because they don't agree with you. It's not okay, not only for them, it's not okay for you. It sets up this environment where you're you're projecting your anger and hostility and you never get back to where it's coming from and solving your own issues of where your anger and hostility is coming from. And In fact, if anything, it's a downward spiral and it just magnifies that. At a national level, our president being able to say the things he says makes everyone feel that they can say those kinds of things and that it's okay. Some people agree that it's okay. I don't agree that that's okay. Um, but others, obviously in our country, a solid third of the population agrees that that's okay. Well, I can get angry about it, and I do, um, but realizing where it's coming from is I don't agree. And when you start from that position to say, I don't agree, first of all, you're starting from yourself. I, in my thoughts and principled views of the world, I don't agree that this is the right way to proceed. But also diffuses it, saying, I don't agree, that doesn't mean they're doing something to me, although they may still be vilifying you um, but once you have that centeredness, coming back to your comment about center, um, once you have that centeredness, then I'm not saying I'm there. <laughs> I'm saying that's where I want to be. But once you have that center, you can come back to that, and you have that's your rock, but it's in you, and it's who you are, yeah. including your faith, including those structures that support you, whether it's written scripture, whether it's uh, interaction with, with close friends, a community, in a church environment, in a non-church environment, but those those things that nurture us and support us. So, and that's part of our center and core. So, but when we don't have those things, or when they're out of proportion, it's very easy, especially in an environment where everyone is beating up on everybody else and everyone is venting their anger, uh, not realizing that it's their anger. I think coming back to that would be where we might actually maybe we would start to unwind some of the rhetoric. And in the end, you know, we're all people. And right. we're all bound by that. Right. Uh, that, is the, that is the only thing we can't deny that connects us. We're all human beings and we are all connected. We may not want to be connected or may not see it or be able to see it, uh, but ultimately we are.
did you have something to say? Well, I was just going to say a couple of things. Um, one is that I completely agree with you that um, power and strength are not synonymous. Um, I mean, to me, power is something that that you are given or that you receive or that you get from an outside source, like you, a gun could make you so, you know, so in quote unquote powerful in a situation or you could be elected, which gives you certain authority or power. But to me, strength is a question of character. And I think that many of the people who are truly strong individuals are people who have suffered greatly and maybe been in positions where they were, a, look, it would appear they were powerless, but because of the choices that they have made internally, and I would say in particular choices to forgive, um, um, well, and I think there's other examples, but many times these people aren't visible or they're not, they're not celebrities. We don't hear what they're saying, but they're living out their lives in such a way that they're people that I would feel comfortable trusting because I would say that they're people who are, who have character and who are living according to how Christ told us to live. Um, the other thing I was going to say is I think that when I was going to talk about the inundation of information, you know, I, I read the New York Times and I can't count, I don't think there's any articles that don't have a lot of words that are angry, yeah. <laughs> condemning, and terrifying. I mean, everything is a calamity. Everything, you know, if this happens, then the unthinkable will happen. And I, I think that is, thank you. I think that's, you know, another source of, that causes us to feel deep anger because it, it's portraying our life together as citizens and people as we're under attack from each other is how it's presented. And I just think that's very dangerous. <laughs> but like, um, I don't even know his name, but like he said, it comes, the answer I think is in that time, that quiet time with God and with scripture where we, we think deeply about what do we believe? Who are we? <laughs> oh, you have one, that's right. <laughs> Uh, I just, I guess some, one quick thing that's coming to my mind is just the fact that in my, I think it was seventh grade math class, my teacher wouldn't call the math problems, but math opportunities. Oh no, I was afraid you were going to say opportunities. <laughs> yeah. And also in the <laughs> Buddhist tradition, when I was following that a little bit, uh, they saw anger as being mud, and it's like kind of, you know, a muddy thing. It's not pleasant necessarily, but they saw it as, uh, or well, they would say that 
yeah, mud's not beautiful to look at, but you can't have a lotus flower grow on a slab of marble. You have to have the mud in order for the flower to to be able to grow. And uh, so I don't think I'd do a great job of it, but when I sense anger in myself, I try to see it as an opportunity instead of a problem and as some beautiful, fertile, rich mud instead of just something ugly that I need to try to avert my eyes from or get away from Mm -hmm. and uh, try to make something beautiful out of it as best as I can. Mm. Uh, At least that's the the hope that I have. That's good. Yeah. So if if anger is the mud that flowers need, mud is to anger as fertilizer slash shit is to blank. What's the... (laughs) Well, it's all the same thing, right? Oh, okay. That's For good. Yeah. Manure. Good answer. You put that on manure. the field. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Isaiah 61 talks about the... Um, Here you go. Not Isaiah 61. Oh, Isaiah 53, sorry, when he talks about the Messiah, the root out of dry ground. I mean, the root out of dirt. I mean, he... He grew up and he lived in the same confusing, complicated, morally challenging human condition that we all that we all experience. And so I guess I find great solace in the fact that, you know, it says Christ w- this isn't biblical, this I think is from one of the Christian the early Christian councils, but that he was very God and very man. You know, he was very man, and so he's, he understands our, our struggles. I tend to just attack myself continually because I can't, I won't say I can't control my anger, but I seem to often fail to, and and I, uh, it's like a wave. I feel like I get swept away. And then, you know, I, but he, he just wants us to come back. Maybe that's Yeah, it's like the, you know, the prodigal son, just coming back, just come back, man. He's like, dad, what can I do? You know, how can I, can I be your servant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big part of anger too, is yeah, self loathing. God. That's that's probably personally one of my biggest obstacles is self loathing. Just hating myself. Every little thing. It's like and this I think we've talked about this before here too, but like it's like would you say the, I know Jay we've talked about this. Would it's like would you say the things that you say in your head, would you say that to a friend? Would you be so critical to to a friend or even someone you dislike? Would you say all these hateful, awful things to another person? 
No, then why are, I don't know. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, guys, here's how you should live life. I'm just saying that's something I need to remind myself is like we say, you know, accepting that you're accepted and, 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 and extending grace to yourself and other people. Um, it's hard. Any other? It's like what Jay has said several times that he met someone who was willing to spend time with him and remind him that Christianity is based on grace and then demonstrate what that meant. Um, that it's not about what we do, it's about the fact that we're accepted. You can't earn the grace. Well, I guess I'll uh, pray to a God that I'm not sure is there, but well, it's a you know it's a ritual. It's nice. It's centering, honestly. Praying's nice, right? It's centering. You know, I like to do it. It's a good. It's a good practice. Um, all right, let's. Thanks for people, God. You got that. You got that one right. Thanks for giving us each other because we're just, we're broken pieces that don't fit together perfectly, that can't stand on our own. So thanks for giving us each other. Thanks for bringing us here. Thanks for the idea of love and great. I mean, grace, you, you got that one right too. Thanks for people. Thanks for grace. Thanks for love. Um, Help us be honest with each other. Help us help us help each other. Because we can't do this by ourselves. Do we, I guess we need you. I guess we need each other. I guess we need love. Or else we'll just crash and burn and, and no one no one really wants that for themselves and we definitely don't want that for each other. So help us love each other. Help us be honest how we need to be loved and what we need. Amen. Uh, thanks. For listening, guys, of course, because, oh yeah, this is a podcast. We have to say, um, if you'd like to donate, we'd appreciate it. We'd much rather have you than your money. But we we all need money. I'm not good at it. I'm not good with money. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening, guys. This has been Revolution. Revolution.